Welcome to the Relaxed Running Podcast, the show that helps runners and athletes in running-based sports transform the way they run. Here's your host, Tyson Popplestone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Relaxed Running Podcast. I'm your host, Tyson Popplestone, and today I wanted to go through something a little bit different with you, answer a common question that I get from so many of my athletes that I'm working with, and it's also a question that a lot of new athletes send our way via email and via our Instagram page. Before we get into it, just wanted to remind you that Relaxed Running has a YouTube channel uh, with a whole heap of simple, practical strategies to help you improve your running performance. If you're new here, if you haven't heard the podcast before, that's why we exist. Relaxed Running is here to try and eliminate as much of the guesswork from your running routine as possible. Obviously, whether you're brand new to the running scene, whether you've been around here for a little while, there's so much to learn and there's so much to apply and it can be a little overwhelming, especially when you don't have much to compare to. So our goal here is to try and help that transition or help that progress seem as smooth as possible. So if there's any way that I can help you, make sure you reach out to me personally, either through our Instagram page, which is just Relax Running, or if you go to relaxrunning.com and hit the contact button there, those emails come to my personal inbox and uh, I'll make sure that I respond to every email that comes through that way. So it doesn't matter if you're brand new to it or you've been around for a little while, no question is too silly. But today, I wanted to focus on something a little more specific, something a little more, uh, I don't know, it's it's a, a topic that a lot of athletes that I'm working with have had questions around. And I think it's a topic that a lot of new athletes really struggle to try and get any foundation in. And the topic is trying to choose the right race pace. Now, the reason it's a little bit complicated and it can be a little bit confusing is because obviously as a new runner, as someone who's relatively new to the sport in general, let alone trying to figure out what different pace to run for each different race, it can be a little confusing, a little disconcerting. You don't know how hard to run. You don't know how fast to run. It's almost a little bit of an experiment to start out with. So today I wanted to offer some really tried and tested ways that both new and even professional runners can apply to their running performance. There's reasons that certain athletes use certain strategies for certain races. And there's reasons that those tactics and those strategies are different depending on what the race is. So today, I wanted to walk through a few of those with you, three specifically, and then just leave you with a couple of simple practical tools that you can apply in your training routine, which once you start getting a little bit more familiar with paces there, you'll have the confidence to be able to start applying it into other areas of your running. But before we get into that, I think one of the uh, one of the most important things that we can acknowledge just to start this thing off with is it really is experimental at the start. If you're brand new to the running scene, a lot of you probably make the new runner mistake of going out for a run and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so unfit because you couldn't run as far as what you first anticipated. Now, for those of you who have been around here for a little while, one of the things that you'd be so sick of hearing me talk about is the fact that the biggest mistake that so many new runners make in both training and also in racing is that they just run too fast too early. So to lay the foundation for this whole topic of conversation, I think one of the most important things that we can get down as the foundation of our running is to start whichever race it is that you're getting ready for or whichever training session it is 
that you're getting ready for at a much slower pace than what you think you're capable of running. Now, there's a few reasons for this. The first reason is if you can finish a training session or you finish a race and you think, hang on a second, why do I still feel pretty fresh? <laughs> this isn't the way that I'm supposed to feel after a long run or after a middle distance race. It doesn't matter whether it's 800 or a, an ultra marathon. If you can finish your specific distance and feel that way, the good news for you and your fitness level is that wasn't the right pace. You've got a little bit of a stepping stone. You can launch from that. The reason I like that is it's a great confidence boost and it's almost a snowball effect. If you're new to the sport and you're finishing races thinking, I think I've got a little bit more in the tank than what I put out there today. The the good news is, the positive that you take from that is the next race you know that you can take it out a little bit faster, maybe you can bring it home a little bit faster. The flip side of that, that so many athletes make the mistake of doing, and you don't just have to be new to the sport to make this mistake. I've uh, told you the story of me, even after 20 years of training and coaching and just being in and around the sport of distance running, I lined up for my first marathon. And I knew I knew that my goal was to break three hours. That's what I'd been telling everyone. Uh, I wasn't in the form of my life. I, I wasn't in the form that I was in back when I was sort of running 14.20 for 5K or 8.10s for 3K. I'd been away for a little while. I'd been in the gym for a while. So the idea of going out and running a three-hour marathon was realistic, but it would still be a challenge. But I got caught up for a whole heap of reasons training with people who were faster than me at that time and they were running better than me and that they were just smoother runners at that time than than what I was or uh, yeah than what I was and after a couple of sessions of starting to run a little bit closer to some of these athletes I thought hang on I think I'm in better shape than what I might realize so uh, a couple of people had complimented my running form and I thought oh well let's just go out there and we'll scrap my original, let's just break three hour plan and we'll just run as fast as we possibly can. Now, it sounds as ridiculous saying as it to, uh, saying it to you as what it was at the time. Rather than having any intelligence about how to run it based on where my fitness level was, truth was I was probably at about 250 marathon pace, I think if I had a good day. But I went out the first half marathon, I went through in an hour 19 and I thought, mate, I am back. I'm getting ready for my return to competitive distance running. Look out marathon, Tyson Popplestone's here. Problem was, I completely overestimated my fitness level for the marathon distance. And that last half of the race, it took me an hour 46. I had 60-year-old ladies running past me in the last half, just going, come on, darling, <laughs> you're doing really well. So... A lot of new runners make that mistake as well. We we go out much faster than we should and we finish much slower than we should. And then at the end of the race, we go, what is the matter with me? Why aren't I seeing improvements in my running performance? How on earth am I going to improve if I'm new to the sport and I'm still not running PBs or I'm not running PBs? I should be. It's a common mistake. It's a common concern. But the truth is, that's the biggest mistake that new runners make is they go out at a pace which feels way faster than it should. And the reverse of what starting out slower does in building your confidence, going out faster and dying absolutely smashes your confidence. So let's have a bit of a look through some of the approaches that you can take to, to running. Now, these approaches are relevant whether you're running the middle distance events or the shorter distance events, like an 800 meters to say 3,000 meters or even up to 5,000 meters. 
but then they're still relevant when you're running a 10,000 meters, a half marathon or a marathon. But I'm gonna break those down into three separate categories. We'll look at the shorter distances first, then the half and then the marathon <clears throat> and above. Now, the three approaches that you can take, the first one's called a, a negative split. So a negative split, just like the first example I gave of an athlete going out at a slower pace and bringing it home faster, a negative split just means you run the second half of the race faster than you run the first half of the race. As I said, some benefits of these is that it gives you a bit more of a conservative start. You can find your rhythm in the first half. You don't have to be desperate to hit certain splits super quickly because the amount of time that you can make up in the second half of a race, if you go out relatively conservatively over that first half is unbelievable. It's amazing how much time you can make up. And we often underestimate our capacity to do that. And that's the reason we go out and run the style of race, which we call a positive split. Now, a positive split uh, is many times anything but positive. A positive split is like my marathon, where you might go out in a super fast uh, first half and come home in a super slow second half. Now, in that context, it's not a good thing. The way that I approached it wasn't necessarily helpful. But in shorter distances, which we'll talk about in a moment, this is often the way that even elite athletes do it. They'll take that first half out quite fast and just do their best to hang on uh, the second half of the race. Uh, the third and final one, which is uh, also really over or really underestimated, especially in the longer events, is just running some even splits. So trying to maintain your ability to hold that form, hold that pace over the second half of the race. Now, let's have a look at which uh, uh, race pro uh, approach is best for specific races according to me and according to just watching a number of the top athletes in the world compete. Now, if you look at the, the 800 meters to sort of 1500 to 5000 meters, a lot of the time, uh, a, a positive split is, uh, sorry, a, a yeah, a positive split is what you're gonna see. Unless it's a tactical race, unless it's a race where they're going out and they're, they're running quite slowly and trying to position themselves well, a uh, positive split is where the first half of the race is done. So if you watch an 800 meter athlete, an elite 800 meter man might go through the first lap in say 51 seconds, and then they'll do their best to come home and just use their speed endurance to outrun their oppositions. They might come home in 54 seconds and run at 145, which is obviously a huge example. Now, the benefits with that is obviously that, that natural high-end speed that they have for the first lap is a good opportunity to get out and get them on pace to run a quite quick time. But the stronger athletes like a David Rudisha are those athletes who have the ability and the technical skills to be able to wind it up and just try and maintain as close to an even split as what they possibly can. Now, this is a really good approach if you've been around the sport for a little while. Now, if you're new to the sport and you're getting ready for a middle distance run, a shorter distance run, you might not be aware of how much pain the, the legs can feel over the course of the last 300 meters of an 800 meter race. So if you're new, as I said, I would encourage you to take it out at a, a little bit of a slower pace and make it your goal to bring that negative split. Make it a goal to run the second half of the race faster than the first. As you start to get up towards the half marathon, I like looking at the half marathon as almost uh, two or three separate races. A half marathon, in my personal opinion, I think is best approached with the idea of running an even split or a negative split. Now, the reason for this is uh, what I touched on just a moment ago is 
it eliminates our risk of going out at a much faster pace than what we need to, which serves as a confidence boost as we approach the latter stages of the race. So uh, here in Australia, we're on the metric system. So I look at it from about one kilometer, or the first 15 kilometers is race number one. That's where you're finding your rhythm. You're trying to hit around about the times that you would like to hit for that half marathon. Now, a lot of people worry in a half marathon if they get to you know five miles or 10 miles or, or, or 5K or 10K and they're a few seconds off their time or even 25 seconds off their time because they're not aware of the capacity that they have to make up ground over the, the second part of the race, that 15 kilometers to the 21 kilometers if we're talking about the half marathon. Now, what I encourage the athletes that I work to uh, work with closely to do in a race is to deliberately use the first couple of kilometers or miles just to back off the pace that they think they're capable of running. Now, the reason for this, especially in the longer events, is it gives us a chance to continue a warm-up. Obviously, in a, a distance like a half marathon, many of us aren't doing a, a really in-depth, long warm-up before because we're trying to save our carbohydrate stores. We're trying to save our energy stores to actually implement and put into practice over the, the uh, latter stages of a race. So we don't want to burn too much of that energy off before we get out, especially if a half marathon's a distance which is relatively new to us. So if you're getting ready for a half marathon, which one of my athletes, Aaron, is over the weekend, the thing that I encourage these athletes to do is to go out that first 15 kilometers and say, you know what, I'm deliberately gonna be 30 seconds or even up to a minute slower than what my goal pace requires of me. Now, the reason for that is the last six kilometers of a half marathon is the equivalent of that first 15 kilometers in terms of difficulty and effort uh, for a half marathon runner. So what that means is if you get to the 15 kilometer part of your half marathon race and you're 30 or 45, even a minute off your pace for your, for your finish time, but you feel good, this is a brilliant opportunity just to wind up that pace, to really work hard. To If you'd been running four minutes per K for the first 15 kilometers, maybe it's a chance for you to start running 345s. And just with that simple math, that saves you about a minute and a half, which leaves you 30 seconds ahead of what your goal time was. The biggest mistake that you can make is what so many new athletes make on race day. They say, I'm gonna go out, I'm just gonna, they get excited in the adrenaline and the excitement of uh, just being out in a social setting with a whole heap of runners. And they get caught up in the trap that I'm sure many of you who have run these longer distances have been caught up in of going, oh, this pace feels so easy. I'm obviously a way better athlete than what I anticipated being, which is a positive attitude until you get to about 10 kilometers in, the excitement of the race starts to wear off, the pain of the effort that you've put in starts to increase, and as a result, your ability to maintain that pace uh, dissipates, it diminishes, which was my experience in the, in the marathon. I got to about 30 kilometers, and when four minute K pace felt so easy for the first 25K, all of a sudden, five-minute K pace felt incredibly difficult from then on. In fact, it was impossible uh, uh, just based on the fatigue levels that I had. And as a result, my confidence, instead of increasing through the latter part of that race, started decreasing. So that's the hot tip that I would give you over a race like the half marathon. At the very least, you want to maintain the same pace over the first half to the second half. 
Now, when you get to an event like the marathon, I would say a, a, a negative split is less important and maintaining that steady pace the whole way through the race becomes your number one plan. Now, the reason for this is obviously if you're incredibly fit and you've gone out way too slow, a negative split is a realistic possibility for someone like you. But for many of us, our goal should be to maintain the pace because the second half, no matter how fit you are, is going to be more difficult than the first half. And the expectation that you've got to come home and run the second half first than the first half, or faster than the first half, when you've already put in a whole heap of work just to get there, it, it, it's a really psych, a big psychological barrier if you can't quite maintain that. So I would say the first half of the race is your opportunity to warm up, to find a rhythm, to find your breathing pattern, to make sure you focus on getting your gels, to make sure you focus on getting your fluids, to make sure you're enjoying the scenery, you're enjoying what it feels like to actually be out there and you know embracing the fitness level and the hard work that you've put in to be there for so long. And that second half of the race is where you start to get a little bit more tunneled vision to start to bring your arms into it a little bit more. Still maintain a focus on your technique and getting your liquids in and your gels in efficiently, but understanding that what you're going to experience in that second half is going to be difficult, more difficult than first half, even if you haven't necessarily wound it up. So don't get too caught up thinking you've got to be a hero and run like an elite kind of an athlete. and bring it home at a faster pace than what you needed to. Now, in saying all that, in giving you guys this really practical, switched on, helpful advice, I think one thing that's really important for us to remember as well is that every now and then we do need to have a blowout. Now, what do I mean by a blowout? A blowout's exactly what it sounds like. A blowout is where you start a race way too fast and the ability for you to even hold anything near that pace is just nowhere near realistic because you've gone out so fast. Now, if you're listening to this, you might be disgusted with that advice going, Tyson, what the heck are you talking about, man? I thought this was relaxed running, not run like a Muppet and just do your best. But let me explain. The reason that it's so important to, to have these blowout races from time to time is that we can also get caught up running at a pace which our fitness level is now capable of running so much faster than. So what's the purpose of the blowout? The blowout is the opportunity for us to run at a pace which is faster than we think we're capable of running for the first half and just doing our best to hold on. So the flip side of my marathon experience could have been that if I had focused a little bit more on my longer runs and focused a bit more on the endurance element of my training, a real core part of your marathon training preparation, believe it or not, the way that I approached it, though it was a blowout, could have turned out to be a huge breakthrough. So if you've been running around about the same time, now I credit this to Collis Birmingham, a top Australian 1500 meter, 5000 meter man, I think he ran 1309 at his best a few years ago. Collis always said to me that if you can go out and run a similar time four or five separate times for an event, your body is ready to go to the next level. And you see this so often with top athletes. I remember Ryan Gregson, who was Australia's 1500 meter record holder for quite a few years before Stuart McSwain broke it. He would go out and he'd run 333, 333, 333, and he'd be consistently around that barrier. He'd be around there. And then all of a sudden, one day he came out and went, bang, he ran 331.10, a two-second PB, which at that level and for that distance is a really significant breakthrough. So 
uh, you might be in one of two categories. The first category you might be in is uh, maybe you're relatively new and you're thinking, okay, I would like to find out what I'm capable of. Maybe you get enjoyment. Maybe you're a little bit deranged like so many of us distance runners are when it comes to running performance. You like the idea of punishing yourself. Sure, find out what the limit is first. You can take that approach. But if you've been at it now for 12 months, if you've been going at your running performance and you've been consistent with your training and your fitness levels are increasing and improving and your times have been relatively consistent across, maybe it's the, it doesn't matter what distance it is we're talking about, the same principle applies. If you've been running uh, three hours five for a marathon consistently and your approach to that marathon hasn't changed too much, I would encourage you to up the pace. It's time to test yourself a little bit more, to risk that blowout, to see what your body is capable of. And the beauty with that is in so many instances when your body's fit and maybe you had a good sleep, maybe you hydrated well and you had the perfect training approach, everything just clicked on the day, it's not uncommon for people like you to go out and run a 250, a 255, and just obliterate the the times that you thought you were capable of running. And uh, more than anything, that adds fuel to the fire of an athlete like yourself to continually show up for training, to keep being consistent, to keep putting in that hard work. So often the rewards or the fruit of our hard work, uh, the incentive for us to keep going, you can't underestimate that. I think it's very important, and maybe I just covered this slightly with what I just said, so many of it, so much of this is is trial and error. You're going to make mistakes along the way. Even if you go into a race with peace of mind that you know you're going to do your best just to start off slow and bring the second half home much quicker. Too many athletes get caught up in the emotions of it. We're emotional beings. We're excited beings. We start thinking, "Hang on a second, maybe I am better than I maybe I am better than I thought I was." And we go out and we blow up. It's completely fine. The emotional side of a blowout can be frustrating, all right? But understand that if that's something that you're experiencing or if that's something that you've experienced and you're a little bit beaten up about it, it happens to the best of us. It doesn't matter if you're a, you know, a Stuart McSwain here in Australia or Galen Rupp in the States, blowouts and terrible races are going to happen. I've had hundreds of them, literally hundreds of them. Where on the way home, my mum, when I was a kid, had to put up with me complaining about, oh, I just thought I was so much better. <laughs> and just having a little bitch about it. Obviously, it took a little while for me to really appreciate what it took to, to take the game to a new level. And, and you're no different. So there's going to be peaks and there's going to be valleys. There's going to be highs and lows along the way. Embrace it. It's all part of it. Don't beat yourself up. As long as you understand that they're going to be coming your way, take it as feedback rather than a signal that you're not as good as what you thought. You uh, One of the things that I like to do after a race is I look at, okay, what went well, what went poorly, and ask the question why. Sometimes when we get too caught up in the emotions of a bad experience or a race that we deemed as negative or we called negative, one of the best things to do is be logical about it and ask practical questions that a good coach would ask you. So at the end of a race, uh, one of the things I'll always try and go through with my athletes is, okay, hey, what did you do well? What did you suck at? What can we approach? Uh, what can we take out of this to use in our approach for the next race? So there are a couple of uh, practical little takeaways. I think the emotions can really spoil a, a negative race, if, and, and especially if we don't allow ourselves to, you know, take some practical and logical uh, principles away from that race. Now, if you've got any questions, any concerns, or you, you, you've still got questions about your pacing, as I said, feel free to reach out to me either at Instagram or shoot me a message via our website. 
If you're looking at uh, getting some personal coaching, uh, maybe you want to have a chat to me about offering some personal running coaching. That's something that I'm doing. I've, I've got a maximum of 20 athletes that I work with at any one time. I've still got a few spaces available. So if you've been flirting with the idea of getting a coach or getting some guidance, you know, from anything to from the 800 meters up to the marathon, I'd love to have a chat with you. We'll kickstart with a Zoom conversation for 20 minutes, half an hour. And just have a chat about whether or not we might be a good fit for each other. More than that, um, you might not be aware that relaxed running, it's its more than just a, a tool toolbox or a coaching kit for people in running and triathlon. We also offer programs specifically to Australian rules footballers, who obviously the game's built on uh, the, their ability to run, and also field hockey. So the field hockey program is going to be available September the 1st, 2022, uh, the brand new preseason programs for the AFL are going to be out on the same date. So if you know anyone in those scenes who might get some value out of some running guidance for those sports, make sure you let them know that they exist. Also want to thank you to those people who have left comments on Apple Podcasts and reviews. Um, there are A lot of people are lovely and they send me messages on Instagram to say they're enjoying the podcast, which I so appreciate. Um, for whatever reason, I don't completely understand how it works, but Apple Podcasts really reward a high comment and rating system. So if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd be so grateful for you to jump over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and uh, and an honest review. Let people know, uh, you know what the podcast is about and what you enjoy about it. I post quite a few of those on um, the Relax Running Instagram page as well, so you'll, you'll get a little shout-out there. So, um, guys, that's enough from me today. Anything else that you might need, jump over to relaxrunning.com. Uh, anything that's not there, feel free just to shoot me a message, like I've said. But uh, don't forget, jump over to YouTube as well. Hit subscribe to get access to all of our videos. We've got uh, new videos coming out weekly, and I also post the video version of these podcasts over there. Guys, thanks for stopping by. Happy training, and I'll see you all here again next week. Thanks for listening to the Relaxed Running Podcast. If you're ready to become a faster, more efficient runner, visit www.relaxedrunning.com.